0: I want to introduce you to a six-year-old named Mason. Mason. Mason was one night, you know, his parents let him use their phone and just as they would typically do towards the end of the day, here's our phone, go ahead, here's some games for you to play on, and there you go, here's the phone. Well, Mason decided that, you know, he was a little hungry, (laughs) so he stumbled across the Grubhub app. He went onto that app, spent some time on that app and then parents you know, took away the phone from him and dad put him off to sleep. Well, the dad goes downstairs and guess what? There's, there's a, a ring at the bell. <laughs> bell rings, opens the door and guess what? Hey, I've got some Grubhub here for you and the dad's confused. He opens it up, there's shrimp, there's chicken sandwiches, there's ice cream in these bags of food that this Grubhub delivery person gave over to them. It's like confused, what, what what happened? He goes back, puts it on the table. Guess what? Another ring at the doorbell. Hey, guess what? I got some more grub. I got some. It was shawarma in there, which is like that's a very odd. On all kinds of more meat, uh, food and fast food that was delivered. Go put goes and puts it down. Guess what? Another ring. food just kept coming and coming and coming until it was just a massive pile of food. Mason. Six-year-old Mason ordered $1,000 worth of food off the Grubhub app. 1, he ordered so much food that the dad, his card, rejected one of it because it was $400 for pizza, <laughs> $400 for pizza. And it was like, hey, I think this is fried. I don't think you usually buy $400 worth of pizza, but still spent over $1,000 worth of food. It's a lot of money. As a good parent, hey, it's coming right out of your paycheck because you made this mistake. <laughs> this ring of, I guess not, not just paycheck, but right out of your allowance. $1,000. You're going to be paying that off for a long time. He made a big mistake not realizing the need for him to have control over, I mean, specifically, we're talking about his hunger. Oh, he thinks he's so hungry and he's going to order something like 50 items off of Grubhub. He lacked... Speaking of the theme of this weekend, self-control in so many areas. Self-control when it comes to technology, self-control when it comes to his hunger, self-control when it comes to finances, and he also showed a lack of self-control when it came to his words because when his dad was reprimanding him for, hey, you know, this isn't a good thing that you're supposed to do, his son replied, hey, did the pizzas get here yet? (laughs) Clearly, this kid lacked... This thing that we're talking about this weekend, self-control, and there were big consequences, a thousand plus dollars worth of consequences that came as a result. See, there is a big danger if we do not have this quality, which is self-control. If you aren't able to restrain yourself to say no to your desires, you're going to walk yourself into so much trouble like this kid, Mason, did. And the Bible gives us the warning in this one main verse that we're going to look at tonight, the warning of what is it going to look like if we don't have self-control. That's what we're going to cover tonight. If I say, okay, Nathan, I'm going to tune out this entire weekend. I'm going to not listen to Elvis tomorrow. I'm not going to listen to you on Sunday morning. I'm just going to say, who cares about self-control? What am I risking? What danger am I putting myself into? This is what tonight's sermon is all about. Let's look at this one verse. Put it up on the screen behind me. Proverbs 25, 28, it says this. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. So picture that. This fortified city gets ransacked, gets taken over, broken into. Guess what? It's got no more walls. Now picture the next army coming into this city and saying, hey, we're going to take over this city. Is there going to be much problem getting into that city? None at all. No defense, no pushback, no defense, opposition at all. They're completely vulnerable in all areas. See, if you don't have self-control, you need to realize how vulnerable you are. And tonight, you need to see that you need self control because of how little self control you have. And since we're talking about self control, let's start off here with defining it. What is self control? Self control, defined as the ability to have control, here's the word in it, have power over your own thoughts, emotions, and actions, especially in difficult situations. Self-control, this is a quality that you cannot do without saying, hey, I gotta have the ability of mastery, control over my thoughts, my emotions, my actions, even when it's difficult. It's going to be challenging. I'm, I'm sure Mason was like, no, but I'm really hungry right now. I really want this food. I really want this shawarma. Uh, like, I really want this shrimp. But guess what? Couldn't say no. To his desires you're like a city without walls if you don't have any self-control at all see you're gonna walk yourself into all kinds of problems point number one i want you to write it down this way do whatever you feel like doing whoa do whatever you feel like doing that doesn't sound right nathan this doesn't seem true Well, yeah, because tonight's points are anti-points. These points are the opposite of what you should do, and these points are actually characteristic of people who don't have self-control, because guess what? You lack self-control. What are you going to do? Whatever I feel like doing. I want to order a bunch of food off of Up, Guess what I'm going to do? Order a bunch of food. And you need to see the consequences that come from these points here tonight, if These are true of you. And sadly, as I was working through this outline, looking at these points, through uh, making them through Scripture, a lot of them are characteristic of us. How many of us just do whatever I feel like doing? Or have you ever told yourself, no, I feel like doing that, but I'm not going to do that might be pretty rare. We're going to look at a bunch of different categories of maybe what it looks like to just do whatever you feel like doing. Here's the danger of doing that. Proverbs 29 11, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds back. So guess what? You want to be a foolish person? Have no restraint. Give full vent to your spirit. Oh, I feel like doing that. I'm going to do it. I desire to do this. I'm going to do it. But guess what? A wise person is able to hold it back I mean, picture like a dam with water. It's it's holding it back, that restraint to say no to yourself. There are some examples in Scripture of individuals who lacked this restraint, who said, I'm just going to do in this instance whatever I feel like doing. Maybe picture this guy in the Old Testament, a guy named Moses. You guys remember Moses? Old Testament. Now, oftentimes when Israel was out in the wilderness, they lacked water. And what did the people do? They said... We need water, we need water. They complained against God. Well, God miraculously provided water a couple times. And one time he said, hey, Moses, you know what I'm going to do? You are going to speak to a rock. And guess what's going to come out of it? Water. Well, Moses was a little frustrated with the people for their complaining against God. You know what he did? He was frustrated with them. He said, I know what God told me to do. Guess what? I'm angry, so you know what I feel like doing? I'm going to strike the rock struck it two times. He said, oh, I know what God wants me to do, but I can't hold it back. I've got to hit this rock. That anger of the people. Man, why are they complaining against God? Couldn't hold himself back. Another example, a little bit later in the Old Testament, remember this guy named Saul. Saul, King Saul. King Saul hated his king that would come after him. Wasn't a king at the time. named too. David. David hated Saul, I mean, we know, not right to hate, not good to be angry with someone. I mean, especially not good to to attempt to take someone's life. But guess what? Saul disliked David so much, couldn't hold back and restrain himself so much that what did he do? He tried to throw a spear, knock David's head off. Try to take him out. Here's two examples of people who didn't have self-control. They said, you know what I feel like doing? Doing what I want to do. And guess what? They did it. There's a lot of categories that I want us to think about, and a fool does all of these things, and you'd be wise to not do it. A fool, first, just says whatever they want. If you want to be without self-control and all the consequences that come with it, say whatever you want, whatever you want to say. Think about your words. Do you have self-control and restraint over what you say? Proverbs 18:21 says, "Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits." Death and life. You're going to use your words to disparage people. Bring your words compared to death or life. And those who love it are easier. Are you someone who loves talking? If you love talking, can't hold yourself back from talking, guess what? Very easy to misuse your words. Say something that you shouldn't. Proverbs 18:7, a fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. You are reckless, careless, don't have restraint or self-control with your words. You're gonna walk yourself into so many problems. If you just said whatever you what came to mind. Get yourself into fights, get yourself into trouble at school, conflicts with those sitting next to you, disagreements with your parents, disrespect, so many consequences that come. That's why James 1.19 says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Are you someone who is slow to speak? And I'm thoughtful, careful about the words that come out of my mouth. It says, For the anger of man, which is oftentimes manifested through our speech, does not produce the righteousness of God. Do you show restraint in what you say? Because believe it or not, globally, we speak about 7,000 words every single day. 7,000 words. That's 2.5 million words a year. That's quite a lot of words. Now, are you careful if we're going to list up on here everything that Annie said? Ooh, would uh oh, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Hopefully, uh oh is not right. If we just listed up on here everything that, that Maxton has said the past year, put up here everything that Caleb Cox has, has said, would, would you just be, oh, I don't want to do that? Because I wasn't restrained with my own words. James 3 talks about the consequences and the damage that your words can have if you don't have them restrained. You know what James 3 compares your words to? First, a fire. That if you're not careful with your words, your words can be as destructive as a wildfire. Fire. Yeah, you know how? Here's an example. Gossip about one person. You not careful, and guess what? You say, Oh, did you hear so and so did this to your friend? And your friend goes, Oh, did you hear so and so did this? So and so did this, and guess what? Spreading all around, it's like, Whoa, all I did was say this one thing, and guess what? Now everyone is gossiping about this individual. Consequences. James 3 also compares it to deadly poison. <laughs> you don't have control over your words? Man, it's as dangerous as having deadly poison. Also, wild animals. Think about that. The inspired words of God say, if you're not careful with your words, you're foolish, because guess what? Your words are as dangerous as fire, poison, and wild animals. The consequences that can have towards other people, towards God, towards yourself. Show should show some restraint with what we say, but do we? Oh well, yeah. I don't say I don't say very much, and I don't say mean things to others. But you know, I keep it internally. So I didn't say it, but I just thought it. The foolish person, maybe you do. You think whatever you want. Whatever I feel like thinking, that's what I'm going to think. Philippians four eight tells us what our thoughts and should be, what we should think about. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. As you examine your thought life this past week, this past month, would you say things that are true, honorable, just, lovely, excellent, commendable, that's what I've thought about, or not. Oftentimes, that's the opposite of what we think about. Not things that are lovely, things that are evil, not things that are true, things that are false, not things that are honorable, but things that are dishonorable. We talked about how many words we say every day. You think roughly 70,000 thoughts a day. 70,000 thoughts. A lot of them are repetitive and the same thought over and over again. Uh, like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. It's like, uh, that's like 10,000 of the thoughts right there. Like, I need food. But that's a lot of thoughts. Are you careful with what you think about? And I'm not saying temptation is, this, is, a, is you have a sinful thought pop into your mind and, oh, man, yeah, you, you just sin right there. But what do you do if something pops into your mind that you know you shouldn't think about? Do you stop? and say, no, I need to not think about that? Or do you just say, well, I feel like thinking about it, so that's what I'm going to do, because that's what I feel like doing. What are your thoughts? Do you dwell on sinful, immoral thoughts? Let's think through some of those thoughts that maybe are wrong that you think about. Matthew five twenty seven says, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery, But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Lustful thoughts. Is that something that is a part of your thought life? Or maybe bringing it to its extent of sexual immorality. Oh, I can use my body however I want. Well, no, you can't. Your body is not your own. God is the one who is in charge of all things. You think about these things. How about this one? Matthew 6:25 Therefore I tell you do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Anxious thoughts. Do those run rampant in your mind? Were you anxious about, oh, I don't know if I can go up to camp. Oh, man, I'm going to be away from my parents. Oh, I don't know about this. Or I got a big test coming. I'm anxious, worried, worried. Or when you have that anxious thought, do you say, no, I'm not going to be anxious. I'm going to trust God. Lustful thoughts, anxious thoughts, probably common thoughts in this room. We need to say, I am not going to think whatever I want. I'm going to put those thoughts away from me. How about this, do you watch whatever you want? Say whatever you want, think whatever you want. How about this, watch whatever you want. Think about how much you're on technology, whether it's your phone. How many of you guys have a phone? Raise your hand if you got a phone. Pretty high percentage of you. The average person globally spends six hours and 58 minutes every day on technology. Think about that, six hours, fifty. if you're 11 to 14, which is, you know, probably most of us somewhere in this room, seven to nine hours a day. I mean, if you're awake, roughly, they say 16 hours a day, and you're on technology, let's say the middle of that, eight hours a day, 50% of your waking hours is a phone, TV, computer, some sort of technology. That's a lot, right? That's a lot of time. I was shocked when I saw the stats on that. Now, are we careful about what we watch, what we put before us? Are you careful about what you watch on TV, what you scroll through on your phone? Or do you say, oh, whatever I feel like watching, I'm going to watch. Whatever I feel like looking at, I'm going to look at. Whatever thing I feel like hearing, even music, that's what I'm going to take in. You're going to say no." Psalm 11937 says, "Turn my eyes from worthless things." first half. That should be our attitude. Or else you're going to walk yourself into so many consequences. I'm going to watch whatever I want to watch. Don't care what other people say. Play whatever video games I want to? Watch as many sports as I want to? Look at whatever I want to on Instagram? Scrolling through TikTok? Or are you saying, no, I want to turn my eyes from worthless things? Because what you watch consumes your thoughts. That's what you dwell upon. you dwelling upon sinful things if you're not careful with what you watch. Maybe you've heard this song maybe back when you were a kid's man. If you heard the song, it goes, uh, oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah? Yeah, I saw the, the clap after. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Yeah, then it's for the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Well done. Yeah, well done. You remember that. I was coming through my mind as I was thinking through this, and I was like, oh, that's just that's a fun, you know, kid's song, but I mean, think about the truth. That's just in that line that you probably sung as a kid and didn't even think about. Be careful eyes what I see. I mean, the next verse says, be careful ears what you hear. Goes on, be careful mouth what you say. Be careful feet where you go. Hands what you, do. it's like, that whole song is In essence, talking about self-control. Being careful about what we take in. Are you careful about what you watch? Next, foolish person says, I'm going to work whenever I want. Whenever I feel like working, I'm going to work. Oftentimes, I don't feel like working, so guess what? Don't feel like working, you know what I'm not going to do? Not going to work. You know what scripture would say to you? Go to the ant, oh sluggard. You says someone who's, who says, oh, I don't really like working. You know what the Bible calls you? Lazy. A sluggard. says, hey, go to the ant, oh sluggard. Consider the ways of the ants and be wise. I mean, think about that. It's like, hey, you know what you should want to be more like? An ant. Like, why, why would I want to? It's like, think about the ants. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer, gathers her food in harvest. Think about the ants. You have to be like, hey, ants, go get your food. Ants, come on, go get your food. Let's go, ants. It's like, no, like, they go the places you don't want them to go, in your cabinets, and you're like, no, ants, just get out of here, because guess what, busy working around. If you say, oh, I don't feel like working, hey, consider the ants. Keeps going. How long are you gonna lie there? This is picturing the lazy person who's just lying on their bed sleeping. Hey, sluggard, how long are you gonna lie there? When will you arise from your sleep? Then here's kind of an objection from the lazy person. Oh, a little sleep. Oh, a little slumber. A little folding of the hands to rest. Be careful. You love sleep. Poverty will come upon you like a robber, and want like an armed man. Lazy, not willing to work. Guess what? Poverty's going to strike. Consequences come for. Saying, I'm just going to work whenever I want to. And oftentimes, that's not very much. We love our sleep. We don't like working. We love sleep. I found a couple things on the internet of how much we love sleep. This person says, happiness is not having to set the alarm for the next day. <laughs> we kind of laugh because it's like, oh, yeah, it is kind of happiness. Like, yeah, happiness is not having. Oh, it's like, yeah, school got to set the alarm. It's like, oh, yeah, happiness is that. How about this? I've decided to take exercising more seriously today I move to the left, tomorrow I go to the right. It's like, there's another proverb that talks about how a, a lazy person turns on their bed like like a, a door on its hinges, just back and forth, back and forth. Here's one, a haiku about getting out of bed. No, 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 no. It's like, <laughs> appreciate the, I guess some of the humor behind that, but it's I mean, isn't that oftentimes our attitude, right? Can we be honest for a second? I mean, yeah, happiness is not having to set the alarm. Yeah, a great song about getting out of bed is yeah. Let's not get out of bed. Yeah, you know, exercise. Let's just turn from one side to the other. Guess what? Has consequences that come. Poverty. Once, gonna be look back at yourself in 30 years and say, really, did I just waste all of my life doing nothing? Wasting my time. How much work versus rest? How about this? Maybe this hits you more square than How many times when you're doing homework do you have to take a break? Check your phone. On average, they say people check their phone 58 times a day. 58 to 96 is kind of the, the wide range that I've seen. 58 to 96 times a day. So if we kind of split there in the middle, it's about every 10 to 12 minutes that the average person can't be away from their phone. I gotta get back to it. Oh, I can't have this thing called FOMO, fear of missing out. Oh man, there's something going on. Oh, did did he text me? Ooh, I guess maybe that's maybe not for the fifth and sixth. Grade. Maybe for the junior. It's like it's like oh no, boys cooties. Uh, it's like ooh gross. It's like oh did my friend text me? Oh, oh man. Oh what's what's going on on what's the newest thing on on this or on that? Ooh. Oftentimes, that's our laziness, saying, I don't want to work. I don't feel like working, so what am I not going to do? Work. Being lazy. 1 Corinthians, sorry, next one. Buy whatever you want. We'll get to 1 Corinthians in a second. I can spend my money however I want to. I earned it. I got an allowance. I can buy whatever I feel like buying. I don't have to, you know, show self-control. I can earn 50 bucks. I can spend 50 bucks however I want to. Well, let's think about the money that you have. First off, it's not your money. It's a stewardship from God to you. How are we going to use the money that he has given to you, whether it's through your allowance or not? Who gave you the ability to work? God did. So you're just going to say, I'm going to buy whatever I want. Nicest car, newest iPhone, one day fanciest house. If you don't rein in, have control over your finances now. In 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, guess what's going to happen when you're older? Not going to have control over your finances. Buy the newest thing? Guess what? You might even spend money one day that you don't even have. Get yourself into debt. Credit card debt. Average California individual, $7,000 in credit card debt. That's a lot. So that's someone buying and paying Seven thousand dollars of money they don't even have. That eventually they're gonna have to pay it back with interest on top of that. That's no restraint. If you add up the United States together, nine hundred eighty-six billion total dollars in credit card debt. It's like what nine hundred eighty-six billion dollars in people spending money that they don't even have. That's people not having self-control. You don't learn this now with your allowance that, man, I need to be careful with what I buy. I'm not just gonna, oh, I feel like buying that, I feel like buying that, I feel like buying that. I mean, think about the first time you went into a store as like a little kid, you went to Target, and you're like, mom, can I get that, and can I get that, can I get this, this, this? You're like getting everything, and your mom's like, no. I mean, hopefully your parents were like, no, like, we're not gonna get that, no, i are not gonna get that. It's like, gotta be careful with our money. Do you give? Oh, no, I don't feel like giving. Well, guess what? We're commanded by the Lord to give. Oh, I'm in fifth and sixth grade. Do you get an allowance? Called to give. You get birthday money. You get Christmas. We're called with what we have been given to sacrificially give. Be careful with our money, not reckless. you like this guy who's just caring about his stuff. Oh, man, I want this and this and this and this, whatever I can get. 1 Corinthians six nineteen says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. That's the idea of God has bought you. He, he has bought you if you're right with God. If you're a believer, he's paid for your sins. And if he's, uh, I mean, all of us, he's made us, so we're rightfully his. So he's the one who should be in charge of us. We should glorify God with what we have. And here it's talking specifically about our body. I mean, maybe the things that you buy are clothes that you shouldn't be buying. Maybe talking to the girls here. Oh, I want to buy that because oh, it's gonna be you know that's gonna be popular and cute at school. Well, is that something that God would be pleased with? Oh, I feel like wearing that. I can wear whatever I want. I mean, that could have been another subpoint. Wear whatever I want. Consequences that come. I can buy this, can buy that. Whatever it is, last sub point: I can consume whatever I want. I can eat as much as I want, whatever I feel like eating. Do you have self-control over what you eat? Proverbs twenty-five twenty-seven it says, "It is not good to eat much honey, nor is it glorious to seek one's own glory." I mean, this happened a couple weekends ago where I didn't eat uh, breakfast, and. Usually I have like a bedtime snack. The night before I didn't have a bedtime snack and guess what? I was super hungry for lunch. Guess what I did? Or this big old, it's that Primo's, uh, Mexican. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Primo's. It's in Elisa Vio. Yeah. Pretty good. It's, it's like monster, uh, monster fries is what I got. Big old tray of monster fries. Started eating it, shoveling down. Shoveling down. I was like, oh man, that was so good. Give it like 30 minutes and guess what? The rest of the day, I was walking around like this feeling like I'm about to pop, give birth to a kid. It's like, man, it's just stuff, like, man, all this food, like, felt gross, disgusting for the rest of the day. I mean, that's just a little bit, a little small microcosm of the consequences of not even having self-control over what you eat. You've probably experienced that at some time. Does that mean that, oh, I can never gorge myself? No, if you were at Pastor Mike's um, sermon around Christmas time, we talked about there's times to feast, there's times to, to eat to our, to our fullness and celebrate, but the times when it's not, oh, it's always, oh, well, it must be a time of celebration. <laughs> it's like, is it really? Or are you just eating because, oh, man, I feel sad, so I'm going to eat. I'm going through a lot right now, so I'm going to eat. Oh, well, it doesn't really matter what I eat because I'm a kid. I'm going to burn it off. It's like, no, learn self-control with what you eat now. Or I'm just going to turn about like this lady on the couch, just, oof, gross. Restrain yourself with what you eat. I mean, consuming is more than just food. Maybe this speaking a little bit more to the junior hires, but how about drugs for a second? I know we're getting deep here. 8.7% of eighth graders have used drugs. This is not in this room, hopefully, but by and large, in the last month. 8.7% the last month. 21% of eighth graders say that they've tried drugs at least once. 21%. I know this, and I hope this isn't characteristic of of this group right here, but I want you to realize that if you don't learn to have self-control over what you take in, what you consume right now, down the road, you're going to fall into so much sin. We can talk about the consequences of this sin in particular, what it has on you and those around you. How about this? Alcohol. 32%. Of seventh and eighth graders said that they've had a drink at some point in their life. 32%. That's one in three. 21% said that they report current drinking. So within the past month, once again, I don't think that's characteristic of this room, but if you don't learn self control, am I making it clear enough the consequences that will come if we don't? Say no to whatever we feel like doing. Slow down. Identify the areas, and you're going to talk about this in small groups, where you lack this restraint. You can't say no to yourself, or you don't feel like saying no to yourself. Not having self-control. It's about doing what you feel like doing. Second, it's about only thinking about yourself. Point number two. It's all about me, 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 me. What do I want to do? myself and I. Picture for a second, you go to the movie theaters. Movie theaters. It's a cool experience. Picture you get there, you're really excited. This new movie came out. You can't wait to see it. You're stoked. It's like, man, you go there. You sit in at the, at the theater. It's pretty empty too, not many people around you. But then walking in right when the movie starts is this guy who's got Three bags of popcorn, a bunch of candy, and sits right behind you. <laughs> Picture that. What does he start doing? He starts like loud eating. You know the loud eaters among us. Uh, it's like, <laughs> it's like, some of you guys are closing your ears. Like, that's so gross. Like, I don't, like, oh, got those chips. Like, oh. You know what he does? He, he puts his feet up on your chair. On your chair right next to your right next to your head and oh he accidentally kicks you oh sorry 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 it's like what what is this guy he's drinking soda he's he's laughing and oh spills a little bit on you in the movie theater (laughs) just like oh man he gets a phone call it's like the the silent part like hey what's up yeah uh, hey, hey it's like i mean if you had that guy in the theater you'd be like this guy is ridiculous right All he cares about is who? Self. What do I feel like doing? What do I want to do? He's only thinking about him. And you as the person sitting there, you know, man, I I don't want to be by that guy. I don't want a guy like that around me. Are you that person that other people don't like to be around because you only think about me, 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 me? If you only think about yourself... You don't think about others, which is the exact opposite of what Christ did. Philippians 2, each of you look not only to his own interests. Hey, what do I want to do? Where do I want to eat? What do I feel like doing? But look to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Think about Christ, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, Being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Christ, I know he gets glory through what he did, but cared about us to make a way for us to be saved. Did he have to do that? No. Did he have to come down, live perfectly, suffer? No, but cared for us. Second, if you only think about yourself, you don't think about God. When you're deciding, oh, should I say this? Should I do that? Well, if I was the other person, think of the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. Would they want me to do this? But second, and most importantly, would God want me to do this? Would God want me to think this? Would God want me to say this? Would God want me to buy this? Would God want me to consume this or not? Yes or no? There's an example in the Old Testament of David, where once again, remember, his life was on the line from a guy named Saul, trying to kill him. Well, guess what? David had the opportunity to get Saul back. Saul is in the cave. He's going to this cave saying, hey guys, I'm going to relieve himself. Don't picture that too much. He goes to the bathroom real quick. and He's like, I'm going to the cave. Well, guess what? In the back of the cave is David with his men, his army. There's Saul, there, vulnerable. And guess what? One of the people said, Hey, you know what you should do? This is your opportunity. God has given you vengeance. Take out Saul. Well, what did David do? 1 Samuel 24, verse 6, he said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed, to put out my hand against him, seeing that he is the Lord's anointed. He said, I know. I know. I have this desire. I mean, think about it. A guy is wanting to kill you. Probably some desire to say, "Man, I don't like being having my life on the line. Let's end this once and for all. Let's take out Saul." But he says, "What did does God want me to do? He doesn't want me to take out the Lord's anointing. I'm going to trust God and not do what I feel like doing because God overrides that." It's a second instance where. David is spying out where the, Saul and his troops are staying, and they're all asleep. And he comes right up to Saul, and there Saul is sleeping. And Abishai, his right-hand man, is saying, hey, right there, take a spear, take him out right now. But David said to Abishai, do not destroy him, for who can put out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? David said, as the Lord lives, the Lord will strike him, or his day will come to die, Or he will go down in battle and perish. God would not want me to do this. God is going to take control with when the kingship is going to be passed from Saul to David. Even though maybe I feel like doing this, guess what? God overrides it. Going to listen to him above all else. Even think of Christ, who is about to die on the cross and he's praying in the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus want to go through what he went through on the cross? He said, Let not my will, but yours be done. You had know, Jesus ultimately want to do it? Yes, of course, because Jesus is God. And you know, his will doesn't uh, deviate from the, the will of God the Father. But he said, What does God my Father want me to do? I'm going to go through it. Be thoughtful, remember God. Don't be like the Israelites who were quick to dis, not remember God, ignore him, and do their own thing. Deuteronomy chapter 8 reminds them, and this is the people in Israel, it's a reminder for us, beware, lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this well. So if things are going well, you've got a lot going with you and thinking, oh man, look at my wealth, oh, I'm so great, look at me. Well. Rather, you shall remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Remember God. Don't forget him. If you forget God, it leads to living recklessly, which is without self-control. Don't fall under that path. Don't say, I'm going to do whatever I feel like doing. I'm going to only think about myself. That's what a fool does. Lastly, what else does a fool do? person without self-control. Point number three Ignore the consequences of being out of control. Doesn't matter. I can do whatever I want. Oh well, maybe you shouldn't say that because this is gonna happen if you say that. Who cares? Maybe you shouldn't buy that because I don't know if you have enough money. I don't care. I'm gonna ignore those consequences. Rather than self-control itself, this word indulgence giving in to my desires. It makes me think of a character, this old movie Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. You guys seen that? Think about it. If you're to say a character that didn't show self-control but gave into self-indulgence, is probably this guy you think of as Augustus Gloop. Augustus Gloop, right? Yeah, your your childhood is like coming back to. You. This guy, who guess what? just ate whatever he wanted and he's walking around the chocolate factory and he sees just a lake of chocolate. And what does he want? The chocolate. And so what does he do? He leans over. I can't say no. Oh, well, not supposed to be touched by humans. You know, not supposed to, but, oh, whatever I feel like I'm doing is leaning over. What does he do? Falls in. And then this weird old contraption comes with like a, a tube and like sucks him out. And you're like, What happened there? Then the Oompa loopa starts singing. It's like, you know, that's like, and then you're confused like the rest of Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. But these guys couldn't think of, man, what are the consequences of what I'm doing? Consequences or not? Beware of those consequences. Self-control or self-indulgence. What are maybe the consequences of being out of control that maybe you would ignore? Harming others. Harming others. Picture, you're a little reckless. You're a little careless. You kind of lose control when you're driving. What's going to happen? Car crash. You're going to T-bone someone else. You're going to lose control, and guess what? There's some consequences that are going to come, not only to you, but to others around you. Big consequences. Being out of control. If you're uncontrolled words, what consequences are going to have to others? I don't want to be friends with them. You say something wrong to your parents, guess what? Conflict, uncontrolled actions, relationship drama, conflict, disagreement, disunity, all terrible things. Next thing, consequences is going to harm yourself. It's going to be consequences to you. Harming others, harming yourself. Here's a verse, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober-minded, which is have control over your mind. Be watchful, be careful. It's the idea, be on guard. Don't just relax, oh, whatever. Be on guard, why? Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. If I said, before you go off to small groups right now, just be aware uh, we released a a roaring lion. Just, Just keep your eye out. I'd argue that you'd go back to your cabin very aware. You just wouldn't be like, oh, whatever, who cares? Like, oh, oh, look, it's a lion with big teeth coming to bite. It's like, I asked lion, I said tiger. Uh, lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. Uh, It's like, uh, you're gonna be careful. You're gonna be aware. Be aware of the consequences. You lack self-control, you're opening yourself up to falling to temptation. Like a city without walls, when that temptation from Satan comes, guess what? You're not gonna be able to say no can only say yes. So you don't have to push back to say, I am not gonna do that. Last passage, Jeremiah 14.10. Thus says the Lord concerning this people, they have loved to wander thus, they have not restrained their feet. Therefore the Lord does not accept them. Now he will remember their iniquity and punish their sins. If you lack restraint, entirety of your life you just say i'm going to do what i want to do i'm going to think about myself i'm going to ignore about the consequences and not show any restraint self control guess what you're going to live a life of foolishness debauchery sinfulness and god will remember that sin and there will be eternal ramifications that come be aware show self control slow down be thoughtful be careful. You ever hung around a elderly individual for an extended period of time? I'm not talking about your leaders. Uh, (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, They're in like college age, so it's like they're not, no, like think of like, old, like 70, 80, think of 50, like, let me cut off 50, 60, 70, think of the, it's like Maybe hang around an elderly individual, and something I always notice is they're they're slow. They're slow. They when they say things, guess what? It's it's very slow. It's very deliberate. When they move around, it's slow and it's intentional. Everything they say, their actions, it's very deliberate and specific. And oftentimes, you know, we're doing things, running a million miles an hour, oh, saying this, oh, all thing this, all oh, around. And I thought about, man, we always pushing the the people, hey, speed up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. But think about the deliberation and the the patience and the self control to say, man, I'm going to be careful and intentional with all that I say, think, and do. We need to slow down. We run a million miles an hour and don't stop to think, is God pleased with what I'm saying, thinking, or doing, or not? See your need for self control and May that start afresh this weekend, being careful with what you think, the words that come out of your mouth, and the actions that you do this weekend. Let's pray together. God, we are so thankful for your word, which so clearly demonstrates to us the consequences that come if we live reckless, careless, thoughtless lives without self-control, Helps to see how much danger we're putting ourselves in if we just do whatever we feel like doing. We only think about ourselves and we don't think about the consequences of our actions. God, help even tonight just to instill in us the need for this weekend's sermon series. That we have so much to learn, so much to grow in our self restraint, in saying no to ourselves. God, help us to practice that even right now to be restrained, be careful moving forward. And we ask all these things in your son's name, amen.